This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, we examine some concerns about the external influences of the world's philosophies. Paul reminds us to remain steadfast on Christ as our foundation. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keenel. How are you doing today, Thad? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we are here with the Planted Podcast, and we are in our Colossians series, working our way through, and today we are going to be picking up in verse 6 of chapter 2, and we'll read it here in a minute, but the first word is therefore, and whenever we have a therefore, what do we ask? We ask, what it is it therefore? Exactly. <laughs> and so, which reminds us to do a little bit of review, right? And so, um, what he's going to start uh, talking about here is related to everything he's talked about up to this point. And, and so, in particular, it has to do with the core message of the gospel, and our faith in Christ. And so, which relates back to his prayer that he opened up Colossians with, because he he was thankful for how they've received the gospel, the truth of the gospel. He he goes into then talking about the nature of of Jesus and his preeminence over creation and redemption that in all things hold together in him. And then also, he, he talked then about how they were reconciled through his death, and presented holy and blameless in his sight, and that he encourages them to continue in that faith, which is going to be related to, as we see what he says after this, therefore, which I'll get to in a little bit. But then out of that, he he, he then in this last um, podcast, we looked at this section where he's he talks about the nature of the ministry of proclaiming the gospel and himself as one of those ministers, and then just the whole church in general, that the church is still suffering with Christ in some ways in the preaching and taking of the gospel out, the growth of of, um, the application of the gospel, and then also these warnings to not, um, that that all these mysteries, all these things that we're seeking understanding and things from are found in Christ. And we're going to bring that up again today because it this, we're going to relate back into some of these things. And if you remember, we talked, we're going to talk a little bit too about this, um, some of those things going on in the Colossian church, which sometimes scholars refer to as the Colossian heresy. What was the thing that Paul was really trying to address? How are they being led astray? Because back up in the beginning of chapter two, he says to them that he's, He's, he's striving, uh, right before this, he's struggling with all his energy to, to be a minister of the gospel, to preach, to proclaim the gospel, right? Because he wants them to know just how much he struggles for them, that they would um, reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Again, this mystery is Christ. It's not these other things that they're searching for, right? Or these other things that might be drawing them away from seeing the fullness of everything in Christ. And so that's how we ended last week with this warning. And we talked about how even today, it just says people in that time, they can be, verse four, they can be um, deluded with plausible arguments of other things. And so these other things that they're believing can sound reasonable, right? But if, but if they're somehow diminishing the work of Christ or not even allowing for the work of Christ, then we're going to be off track. Right, right. And they'll come back and, and he'll he'll hit on that again when it talks about the, you know, the, the philosophies of this world and stuff. Exactly. And so we're really going to get back into that some today. But I just want to write that's where we are. So the therefore uh, is is um, is totally appropriate and, and, and we'll get more into, as I said, it's going to come up again. But it, it all again relates to the preeminence of Christ that this, and we'll even talk a little bit that what it means to be in Christ some more today. But um, how about we, I think we'll go ahead and read through this verse 15 today. Cause I doubt we're going to get all the way through <laughs> yeah, right. it. Um, but let's go ahead and read uh, verses six through 15. So do you have that for us? I do. All right. I, um, you, uh, let's see. You want me to read it in the ESV? That's great. Okay. It says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, 
rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. That's the end of that. Did I say that right? Yep. yep. I got to tell you, <laughs> because I'm so familiar with the New King James Version, I was struggling even reading <laughs> that. So if that did not sound totally clear, but it's, it's what the, the way this is written, if you're if you're not in your uh, open Bible right now, it's a lot of it is a, a long sentence with commas. Yeah. So it makes the punctuation yes. and, and pronunciation yeah. a little bit difficult to me yeah. anyway. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. Let me just pray real quick. We, we talk about needing the Holy Spirit to teach us these things. So, Lord, we do come and ask. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be our counselor and teacher. I pray that the words that Thad and I have would be uh, the truth coming out of your word. And I, we just pray for your help as we, as we look to discover um, what you're saying to us here in these, in these verses. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to probably mm-hmm. cut this part out, but I got to tell you, yeah. I was going cross-eyed reading that because <laughs> I expect a different word to yeah, show up, Sure, you know? Yeah. But what's neat about it, um, to me, when it's a different version, it actually kind of gives you a, a momentary pause right. of a reflection. Oh, that's that's right. saying a different, almost embellishes. That's what we about, the last podcast, yeah. the helpfulness of having those other versions. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. So on okay. we go. All right. <laughs> All right. So... So starting in verse six, we have therefore, and then he has, as you receive Christ Jesus as, as the Lord. So so walk in him. But before we get to the walk in him part, I think we need to ask, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. So there's um in the in the Greek here, you know, it, it's it's pretty straightforward, but whenever you have a phrase like this, as you received. We need to ask, what's the as talking about? What's the nature of this as what? As what's, what's it mean for us to receive Christ Jesus as Lord, as the Lord? Um, what's the, is this, is this a comparison? Is this a established fact? It, it, what's, what's going on here, do you think? Well, what I'm thinking of is as the gospel message is going out to these people, many are believing upon that in faith, the truth of that message that Jesus came, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, mm-hmm. um, and that he rose again on on the third day. So as you receive that truth, that's mm-hmm. that's faith, right? And you mm-hmm. and you receive that truth um, based upon regeneration, if, if, it, if it's true faith, right? Mm-hmm. But now that you've received it in faith, now it's important to now walk it out. And you were mentioning something like this last time. This is where I'm pulling this out of that, mm-hmm. you know, that we are we are saved for a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. To walk yes. to walk it out. Right. And so I'm I'm making that assumption. Is that is that what you're thinking? Well, yeah, I think I think well one, yes, especially I think it's very important as we get to the walk thing that the same what we're seeing is the same manner that we received him is then we're supposed to be walking in him. Mm-hmm. But the question I'm asking before that is what was that manner? What was the manner? Was this this as it the just this quickly the this this kind of it's kind of a definition here from from my one of my Greek things is that as this this word translated as as it says relatively weak markers of a relationship between events or states as or like. And so I, I'm having trouble understanding what this weak markers of a really, <laughs> but the question is a relationship there. It's relating 
one thing to another, right? Right. Well, when I looked up yeah. the, the word for received, it says to take um, into fellowship. Yeah. Right. So to re- you receive yeah. this into fellowship. So now um, the faith that we have in Christ is actually to be in fellowship with him. Right. Right. So, so this, so the, as there, I think it's, it's just, it just should be simply think likewise, we could almost say like, likewise, you know, right. um, uh, like the NIV says, so then just as you, you know, so, so we need to be thinking in comparison more so than, con- the, you know, the, it's not contrast, you're comparing, but you're comparing in like terms that I think is what we, we should be doing. And so how did we receive Jesus as Lord? Well, again, we, we've seen this. We received him as Lord by acknowledging that he is before all things and in all things, you know, mm. he's the head of the body right, of the church, right. that we were reconciled to him. We received that by faith. It says, you know, we need to continue in that faith, right? So, um, so again, the basis of this of this relationship, right, is faith. It is, and and we've defined faith in various ways. We've talked about that faith. It's not just a mental assent. It's not just saying, okay, I think logically this makes sense to me. It is that. It does make logical sense, right, once we are enlightened to that, this truth. But it also means that we put place our trust in, that we start putting our allegiance and, our, and, and a sense of worship and loyalty to this, to this belief. Right. right. I heard an example one time of, of the steps of faith or how faith um, progressive is in, in its full richness. And it was when we observe somebody— um, riding a bicycle on a high wire. So they got the acrobat and <laughs> yeah. he's riding that bicycle on the high wire. Now we've watched him, let's say we've watched him now 10 times do that. Now, when he goes to do that the 11th time, we have faith that he's going to do that just fine. But true faith is if we're willing to get on his back <laughs> yes, and then ride across, right? <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Exactly right. So why bring this up again? Well, because if we want to know what it is to walk in him then it's the same thing, right? We talked last time about this being inaugurated into the faith, that there's a, this initiation that we use, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's this, this stewardship given to, to him to be a minister, and that we start our faith journey by faith, and we continue our faith journey by faith with that allegiance, with that loyalty, right? With that that active trust that, that is there. And so... I think that's important because sometimes, well, well, sometimes people can believe. Well, I prayed this prayer, right? Right. And and two, one of two things can happen. Okay, I'm good, and so I can just keep going living the way I want to live, which is not to walk in the same way, mm-hmm. right? The other thing is to say, well, I prayed this prayer and I believe by faith, but now it's all up to me to to maintain this, right? Right. Well, no, yes, we are participants. We do participate in this because we are walking, right? But at, but it is something that we receive by faith. And so it's the same manner. So the same manner we come to Christ, we continue to walk in that, right? right? And, it, you know, the, so often the relationship with Christ is paralleled with marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and we enter into that marriage um, first out of a, a response on, on what we see and what we hear. But, you know, after the ring is on, you don't just sit back and watch TV the whole time while somebody else is cleaning the house, right? right. You, have to, you have to walk together through that relationship. And that's what fellowship um, in, implies, is a, is a love relationship. And the love response is, as Jesus says, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And uh, so that's his word to be lived out in us. So it's, it's exactly what you said, right? right. There's, there's the, the belief being walked out. Right. Now it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of grammar here, and I'm my Greek grammar is not great, but but I'm going to do my best here. That if we look at some of these verbs and verb forms, they also give us a hint and a clue to I think to the nature of this. So the in verse six that as we um, it says that we receive. And that's the aorist tense, so it's just kind of a snapshot. It's giving us a, this is an accomplished fact, right, that we have, we receive. And then it says to walk in. Now, that is an imperative, to continue to walk in. It's a a present imperative to continue to walk, to continue to live in that way, as we talked about. 
But then the next two, being rooted and being built upon, those are actually perfect participles, and they're passive, okay? They're, they're passive in the sense that um, a, a perfect participle, is you, you, it, it, it has an origin and it, you continue on in that. So those are all, those are, the rooted and built on are all, in a sense, to rooted in, <laughs> established in the fact of what, how we received it, you know, in that we received it. That's the beginning point, but it's having ongoing, continuing effects. But that ongoing cafe- effects are described in the passive tense. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not involved, right? But, it, but, it, but I think what it's trying to um, convey is that we're rooted and established what? In him. So we have this phrase in the Greek, in auto, which Paul uses all the time. Sometimes he says, in, in Christo Jesus, in Christ Jesus, or in Christo, in, in Christ. Right. right. But here it's just in him, and we know the him is Jesus. And so the... The reason that the, the, the rooted and being built on are passive is because they're in him. So we already have the foundation of Christ. Exactly. He, he is our, our foundation, and from there, um, it doesn't just stop, is, is the idea. We're, we're, we remain rooted. It's, it's, yes. We remain planted. We, we always keep that foundation as we progress through our walk. Yes. Why? Because of Christ, right? So, yes. Yeah, so... So the imperative, the command to you and me is to walk, walk in it, walk in what you began with, right? So we're actively involved, but the rooting, (laughs) but the rooting and the building. So you have this agricultural, Mm -hmm. you know, of of being rooted and you have this construction metaphor too of, of being built. Those are in Christ. And so we we rely upon Christ to make that happen. You think about the vine and the branches that we've talked about before, John 15, right? That we can do nothing apart from him, but by abiding in him, that's how we bear fruit, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. we we abide, we remain, we rest, we trust, we walk in this, but we do it in the power of Christ. Well, right? and, and the whole vine and branch um, scenario that you just gave reminds us that just as we're going to be rooted and founded on, on Christ as our rock, as we abide in the vine, uh, we should be aware that as the branch, if it doesn't stay in the vine, it withers. Yeah. It withers and it gets pruned, right? Yes. It, it, you know, it'll, it'll, get, it'll get thrown away as a scrap sometimes if, it, if it's not abiding in um, the vine properly. And so with that, we see the branches continually growing as well as it, as it abides. Mm-hmm. But, but the foundation and the source of all this truth is the vine itself. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. And so, so we are rooted and established in the faith. Um, and, and actually, uh, because the faith is based upon Christ, right? So if we're rooted and established and rooted and built up in him and established then in the faith— What's the faith? The faith is the gospel, the good news of, of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and he, then he says, just as you were taught. Now, he's reminding them all along of what Epaphras has, has, has done in, in planting this church and so forth. And so when we think about that phrase, just as you were taught— um, What's going through my mind is, oh, if I've been if I've learned something before, then I can just move on to the next thing. But aren't there a lot of things that, as a Christian, for you, don't you need to be reminded of these basic gospel truths all the time? Don't do you find it yourself that's like, if uh, it's always good to remind ourselves of of these basic doctrines of of the gospel? We never can lose sight of the foundational truths, right? Right, And that's why we celebrate um, these primary holidays of, of, of the, you know, the advent of Christ, his first mm-hmm. coming and of the resurrection at Easter. It's every year because just as God uh, told Moses, do these every year and tell the stories to your children. And why do you do this every year? So you don't forget. 
-hmm. So you have to keep on remembering so you don't forget. And so these foundational truths are critical to us, especially as we move on to some of these deeper doctrines, because if you don't have a, a the solid foundational um, basics of that of those truths, then you're not going to probably get the other stuff right. Right. You know, it, yeah. it can get shaky. And this is this is exactly what he's telling these people. Um, hey, if you if you leave this foundational ground, then you're going to be swept up by these uh, philosophies of this world. Right. Right. And this word established um, could also sometimes be translated confirmed. Um, and, and so, which which makes me think of the practice that some churches do in terms of confirmation with if you baptize children, right, and then later they're confirmed because they're personally acknowledging that they mm. are established in that which their parents were conferring upon them, right? Might be a discussion for next podcast as we, when we talk about if we talk about baptism then, is that the you know that that isn't applied to that to the child in terms of the spiritual reality and until they do personally confess. That faith, but when they do so, they're confirming it. Right. They're establishing themselves now mm -hmm. in that, right? And so I think it's important to, as we think about the nature of what it means to be established, is this this sense is it's not it's nothing it's not anything new. It, it's it's the same foundation that all of us share, right? In Christ. Right. And it's going to be critical why he's talking about this foundation in, in the next verse. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, verse eight says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. Mm-hmm. So what he's... What's... Paul concerned about here. He's concerned that some people will, as we've as we talked about before, up in last podcast we talked about people being um, deluded with plausible arguments. Right? Uh, that there's this concern as a pastor, as a as someone who's looking out for the spiritual well being of others, people who who are outwardly would say, "I'm a part of this church. I'm confessing Christ." Paul's probably seen some people who at some point confessed Christ and then later started denying that or started adding on to the gospel, adding other requirements besides these basic foundational things that were is basically taking away from the work of Christ. So exactly what you're saying there, you know, you have these foundational truths and then you hear some wisdom that comes from the world that is not relying upon the scriptures directly or a misinterpretation of them, and you've left you've left the foundation of what God has actually said. And so in that same vein here, uh, philosophy itself isn't necessarily a negative because it, some philosophies are true, right? I mean, yes. all truth is God's truth. But what this is talking about is the philosophies of vanity and of the world because it's man's wisdom and not Christ's. Right, yeah. And so if just real quickly, if we go back to that word that, that is... Translated as can be to verify, confirm, established. It's it's the it's the word bebaiomenoi, uh, <laughs> but from the root word, the lemma of it is babayu, um, which again to confirm, to verify, to prove to be true, and certain confirmation, verification, and and so that is that established. It's that established in the faith, it's based It's based on truth, right? right? So we're looking for that truth. We're looking for that wisdom that he talked about earlier, um, the knowledge of everything which is in Christ. And th so the, the foundation is always Jesus, mm -hmm. right? But if we're being taken captive by philosophy, right, and this empty deceit, then we know that it must be coming from somewhere other than Christ. How do we verify? How do we know if a, this philosophy of all truths, God's truth, what's a way to help us judge is this of the Lord or not of the Lord? Well, it, is it in, is in Christ? Is it compatible with the gospel or isn't it, right? Right, right. Is it, is it, somehow, is it explaining something else besides Christ? And that was one of the things that was the kind of what they would call the Colossian heresy, that there was this belief going around, that, and it, that scholars are kind of try to wonder: is it 
it could be even rooted in some Judaism, but even some even some pagan philosophies. You know, maybe it's possibly both that were being mixed together. Right. But basically, there's this belief that there was um, some kind of full understanding, some kind of external knowledge, some kind of philosophy that 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 was needed for people to understand you know God's purposes to understand or to worship fully um that they there was a um seemed to be some kind of reference that could, from the Jewish standpoint that would be wrapped up in in food regulations and even circumcision and some of these things um but there was it could be it often was achieved through some kind of mystery some kind of mysticism or sometimes even like through what they call asceticism. That if you just follow all the, the strict regulations, then you'll get this, this you know, the mystery will be figured out in right, some way. Right. And so forth. And all those things are taking away from the work of Christ. And, and so, um, and out of this develops different kind of mystery cults and all these things that were present of the day. And I think we see some of that stuff happening today. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mean, mentioned some of it last week and some of the cults um, last week as well. Right. right. And, and, and some of that can be um, in the occultic world, but some of it can be right there in front of us and seem mm-hmm. very, um, very wise. Right. Yeah. Like, for example, let's just take an example of the issue with abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, how do they spin that? Um, it's the woman's right to choose, right. right? And so, if when we hear that, we say, "Of course, that's that's we, women have, should make be able yeah. to make a choice." You know, we're not we're not saying women shouldn't be able to make a choice, but they're spinning that so they can take life <laughs> away from the womb, right? right. And so now, what has um, what has been spun as good is truthfully in God's word an act of murder. Yeah. You know, and so about as far away from the truth of God's word as you can get, spun in a manner that sounds very wise. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's based on a philosophy of the world, a philosophy, a a basic value of our culture, of 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 how our country was established. Right. Right. Was this notion of freedom. And when you if you elevate that freedom to its highest extent and it's not constrained yeah. by the word of God and that in the for freedom ultimately is in Christ. Then we're constrained by by God's word in that within that freedom. But if you take those constraints away and you just rely on the philosophies of men, then they reach they ultimately will reach those kind of bad um, results. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know I think another one of those things, if we think about just in, to put them in religious terms today too, is we see uh, even. Um, Various forms of Christianity or in Judaism and things where, where we start mixing in some of these other religions. I forget the name of it, but a lot of uh, um, Hollywood, um, it's a very popular, uh, like Madonna's. Cabal. And, yeah, Cabal. It, it, it's, I think it's related to some of these Jewish mysticism of, of even the day. Right. They take it's, they take some base basic and foundational truths and then they, they put mysticism on it. So yeah. it becomes very esoteric, right. which means that everything's a mystery and you establish yourself in wisdom by knowing more and more secrets about whatever it is, right? Right. Rather than just the plain, clear truths right. of Scripture. Right. And I think we see that. I think I know some... I have some people I know, family, friends... Who have who who grew up Christian, grew up you know in the church, the teaching of the church, and then they got exposed to some new age philosophies, and they've tried to merge the two. Well, you know, you know, Jesus is love, and God is love, and so um, we all can experience that the whole world and the the uh, we this the, this this basic um, um, elemental spirits. We'll talk about that in a minute, but basically, mm-hmm. we all just get to participate in in God in this way, and so. It's this. It's this almost this kind of universalism that, that creeps into all of this um, through through this idea of, of wanting to say, but we're all part of this one, you know, spirit of yeah, some of the, some kind. The right? coexist bumper sticker. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. And so that and another one that I and this one I'm a little hesitant to bring up, but I but I I just know some people who I think have taken even some of the charismatic. Um, Thoughts and and of of Christianity um, believe it a little bit too far at times too that they would say that 
Well, if, if you can't pray in tongues the way that they understand that to be, and I'm not saying that, that there isn't some kind of spiritual gift like that, but the point is that they elevate it to the point where like you can only achieve true worship if you know how to pray in this language. And if you can't pray in this language, you have some kind of inferior or secondary kind yeah, of faith. Right. And I think that that's dangerous to me. Because then you're saying that it's something beyond faith in Christ that is necessary to have true worship, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so if you're saying that there's this requirement of this heavenly angelic language, which I think is potentially related to some of the the, the heresy that we're going to see coming up here, sure. that I, I think that, that there can be some in that viewpoint who would say they have faith in Christ, but they've elevated this thing to true worship is only possible if you have this one other thing. Right. And so there's a danger to that. There is. And, you know, if you are in Christ, if you love the Lord and you love his word, your heart should be set in a manner that you want to be corrected where you stray. And that's mm-hmm. why we have this establishment of the body of believers here yeah. to, and we've talked about this in, in the previous classes with you as my mentor, I, I will often um, say, hey, uh, what do you think about this view? Is this interpretation correct? And you'll either confirm or you'll say, well, I might want to see it this way. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a heretical type yeah. of thing, but we want to be as close um, in line with God's truth as possible, right? And that's why we have to we have to walk together. And the um, the concept of the reformers was um, sola scriptura. You know, if it's not founded in in the scriptures alone, then uh, you're gonna you're gonna find your way to errors with the wisdoms right. of this world, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so there's the there's the the um, the human tradition, um, those the philosophies. But then there's also the elemental spirits of the world, uh, and not according. And all these things again is not according to Christ. So if any of these things you can say it's not according to Christ, right? You, we know that we're reaching into error. So we talked about human tradition. Um, we talked about these philosophies, um, but these elemental spirits. There's some debate about these elemental spirits because the it could be. Uh, Thought by some to be just the um, the even the translations. I think the King James talks um, translates as the rudiments of the world, or they're, they're sometimes it's basic principles. The basic principles. The yeah. basic yeah. principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, we need to ask, what's uh, it, it's the Greek word stoicheia, All right, and this this word can it can refer to natural substances like the materials of the universe. It can refer to supernatural powers, right? Or it can just talk about basic principles or what we might call elementary truths, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we need to kind of ask ourselves in context with, with what's going on here, what, what's, the, what's our best option for understanding this? Um, and so... Uh, do you have any? I'll let you share some initial thoughts. I know you've probably you probably looked this word up and you were asking these questions. So I didn't. Um, I did not look this oh, word up didn't. actually, okay. which is good. So I'm going to struggle with this. But okay. let's just go ahead. So on uh, from the New King James Version, it uh-huh. uses according to the basic principles of this world. Right. When I see basic principles, that doesn't scare me. But the following part of it does. It says and not according to Christ. Yeah. So the basic principles of this world, which are not according to Christ, is how I'm, I'm reading this. Yeah. Which means, what are the basic principles of this world? Well, the things of this world um, are very fleshy, right? The lust of the <laughs> eyes, the yeah. pride of life, ah. and, and these types of things that hmm. that 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 come in where it's not Christ-centered, but man-centered. And um, that's where I would go with that without looking at the uh, um, ESV translation, which mm-hmm. is probably um, a little bit deeper. Well, well, I mean, again, there, there's some scholarly debate over this. Um, so we have to be able to, um, to ask, ask the questions, you know, what are the, what contextually, what, could could some of these things work? So if we think about basic truths or elemental principles of, of, of like just truth, could that relate to the philosophies? Could that relate to the traditions of men and so forth? And I would say we could. Um, it, it, it could. But 
is that redundant? It is one of the questions I have. Is he just saying the same thing three different ways for emphasis? Um, or is he trying to get to some different things? Well, I mean, do you think it leads into verse 9 at all where it gets some support? Um, I, I definitely do. Okay. I think verse 9 helps us. I also think verse 15 helps us. And we may not get into verse 15 a whole lot today, but verse 15 where it talks about the, author, the, the rulers and authorities. Now, we've talked about these terms a little bit before because I also think it relates back to uh, verses we've already looked at together. When we look back in verse 16, when he talks about all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. Mm -hmm. Okay? And these these words, rulers and authorities, come back again here in 2.15. And and so um, so I, I because of that, um, and, and another possibility just to so I'm, I'm leaning towards these spiritual powers, these supernatural powers, as what it's referring to, although they don't have to be totally distinct from and unrelated to also the natural substances, the materials of the universe, mm-hmm. because these are created beings, right. right? And often in the ancient mindset, these created beings were attached to some of the universe. We've talked about before, I think, how some of the ancient mind would relate some of these to the suns, the moon, the stars, sure. the planets, those kind of things, Right. But also, you know, you think about the basic principles, you know, idea that they are they were part of the foundational creational plan of God too to have these super these other supernatural beings, right? That that are related to these things. So in some ways, they are all there. But I, I think we have to be open to the supernatural aspect of this, especially because he's already talked about philosophy, right? He's already talked about human traditions, right? And so now I think he's bringing up potentially the spirit. So I would be in line with the the way the ESV is saying that. Mm-hmm. But but to your point, I think it also specifically highlights why he would need to say that the fullness of deity dwells bodily, right? And and and, and so we talked about this before again, also in the in the um, the section on the the Jesus being. The full back in verse nineteen of chapter one, he says, "For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell." Right. And now we're saying, now we have that same term, the fullness of God, mm-hmm. but now it's saying is dwells bodily. So, what's this have to do with the elemental spirits? What? Why? Why bring up the the incarnation? And I would even argue now, and for even the resurrection. Um, is related to this, the fullness of God dwells bodily. So um, we'll get to that in a minute. But why is that important as it relates to these spirits, do you think? Wow. Um, so this is very evident that we don't talk about these things sometimes beforehand because I, I, <laughs> I, I have I have a... I'm going to go this way and then you're going to correct me. So that's totally cool. But this well, is. Well, you brought up verse nine. So I, I know why. I did. I and so, well, well <laughs> two reasons. The first reason that I brought up verse nine mm-hmm. is coming off of um, the elemental spirits of this world, but also the basic principles of this world, which would understand that in, in, in the terms of this world, that God cannot be man. Okay. Okay. And so and I'm not sure if the Gnostics are involved with any of this in Colossians, like they are in other, in other letters, but um, they didn't think that God and flesh could ever go together. Right. Right. And so that's principle number one that I was thinking. Mm-hmm. The, the second one is that we have, um, <laughs> I don't know where you're going to take me on this, <laughs> but I'm thinking about with it saying that the fullness of the deity dwells which means finds its abode in man here, which is Christ, uh, is something that we see the demonic realm try to do sometimes when they possess mm. um, a person. Interesting. Uh, and so that's that's part two of my answer. So both are wrong. <laughs> well, no, I I think the um, you know that your first part again remind me you, you, part one mm-hmm. is the 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 Gnostic part, right? The I think there's potentially some of that going on now. Scholars would say is Gnosticism reached its fullness yet? You know, here with this, I don't know, but the, I I do think that there's the same some of the same 
principles okay. yeah. that are there in this mysticism that is avail that 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 is held by these within the Jewish that are related to that because there's some kind of secret knowledge they're looking right. for. Yeah. Right. There's definitely and, an overlap. Yeah. And so whether it had reached its full like doctrines or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, especially from maybe in Greek thought or Roman thought, it, it's all developing in this. So I think it is a little bit related uh to that. But it, but it's also and so with that it's it's the realization that none of those things are superior to God Himself. None. God Himself is the is the ultimate source of all wisdom and knowledge. And if the fullness of God is in Christ, right, as we saw back in in um, chapter one, right, and it's dwelling bodily, then then I think that there's a um, a, a point of saying, why are you looking to these other things? Right, we these other spirits. If if they are acknowledging that, well, we need to be searching. Even let's even say that let's put the most positive spin we can on it and say they're actually looking to the angels themselves. Right, not even the fallen. Now, I would say, you know, most likely when Paul's talking about things that are not in and he's putting them in contrast to Christ, then he he's likely thinking, especially when he's talking about rulers and authorities and powers. That language we know. He's using that in the negative. These are the fallen right, gods. Right, These right. are the the fallen angels or the spiritual beings that have rebelled against. Um, but even if you're saying though they're they're looking to these other spirits who are still like servants of the Lord, he's saying, no, why are you looking to them? Right, and and in Scripture when we see an, an angel, and we'll just say it's a good angel at this mm-hmm. point, and it's. Um, in front of man, sometimes um, the the man or the person that's confronted will actually bow down, and the angel will say, "Don't right. don't do that. Don't worship me. Worship God." And so, because God alone is worthy of worship, and Jesus Christ, um, on the other hand, allowed Himself um, to be worshipped as God yeah. because He He truly was God, uh, and the um, the demonic realm likes to be worshipped, right? Mm. So evil likes to be worshipped because it's full of pride, which we see in Satan and in his fall, right? He wanted to be like God be and be sit on the mount and and receive worship. Right. Where you know that was that was sinful because it was filled with pride. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The other thing as it relates to this verse nine that I think is interesting is that this whole the verb here for to dwell or to um, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily that this is a present tense. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so so th- that means that, that now the incarnation we know was a past thing. So if it was referring just to the fact that he became flesh, it would be in the past. But the the idea is that he's presently still. Um, dwells bodily, Correct. I think is important. So that gets to this whole conversation of Christ is presently reigning, right, as a human. Right. Now, he's still fully God. The fullness of God dwells in him bodily, but he's also still dwelling as a human. Right. Which relates to your your whole point of the, the whole deal, idea of the, the – there's nothing wrong with the, the flesh in the sense of the – redeemed flesh, you know, it's not just being fleshly or being physical. The flesh in terms of the sinful nature, that's which was in rebellion against God, obviously right. is set apart. But this this idea here then is that we don't have to look, we shouldn't be just having this mystical sense that, well, we have to look something above the flesh, you know. No, because even Jesus himself is still dwells in the flesh, and the fullness of God is is dwelling in him bodily, right? And so we don't we shouldn't be looking to something beyond what God has done in Christ for us, for humanity, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then verse 10, it says, And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So, um, how does the realization, the trust, the faith in the risen Jesus, right, how does that help us as believers uh, to, how does that help us stay rooted and established and firm in him? Right, because it's not just Christ that has um, the, the fullness of God in him, and he's, okay. he, he's in heaven reigning bodily now, but 
the promise was that when he left, that he would send the comforter. Yes. And the comforter is the spirit, which is true God. And where does he reign? Mm -hmm. But within the body of believers. Right. Right. So within me, within you, and within the church corporately, um, is the is the spirit of God that 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 reigns and dwells within us, right? And that's a that's a spiritual mm -hmm. matter, but it's still an abode. It's a dwelling place, yes, right? right? Just like our soul, exactly. right? Is 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 what the person is, and because of that, if the spirit of God is in us, then the head of all creation is Christ, who who is the the preeminent one yes, of these things, right? right. Yeah, and so and it says he, you know, we are filled in him. So it's still all of all of this which we possess is in him. Again, it's that phrase in Christ, in Christ. That the the the, the same thing in which, in which we started, just as we received Jesus Christ as Lord, right? So we received to him. So we're in him, and as we walk in him, now we are filled. By the Spirit, and what is the Spirit doing? The Spirit is uniting us to Christ. Mm. We are in union with Christ by the Spirit, and so we're filled in Him. It's not just like I'm, I'm filled with with you know with the presence of God because of the Spirit, but it's all still wrapped up in Christ. There, with, without Christ, I wouldn't be experiencing the fullness, you know, uh, or be or not the fullness, being filled right. with with the presence of God, mm -hmm. right? And so again, that's where. Anything, any philosophy, any human tradition, any spiritual, any spirituality, whatever form it may take, that is is somehow saying that that's the key apart from Christ, is not giving me what God is promising, right? It's only in Christ that any of these things happen. Right. And it's, what do we see in so many of these false religions, like you mentioned, the Kabbalism and stuff yeah. like that, um, is that people are aspiring to yes. their most enlightened mode within themselves, <laughs> yes, right? Right, Maybe within their own spirit, right. but not to the glory of God the Father, Christ the Son, right. who is the fullness of, exactly. of the deity, right? So, yeah, it just it, it, it falls short so bad that it, yeah. the wisdom and philosophies of this world, it, and yeah. which, is, which is a big lie, and, and with such worship, um, you're not worshiping the true God, which finds itself in, in condemnation at the end of the day. Exactly. And so the simple command is for us to walk in Christ, mm. is to stay rooted and established in him, to continue to let him be the center, that, and, and to use the end of verse 10, he's the head, right? It, 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 which gets back to the body imagery. We're the body, he's the head. We, he gives the commands, he gives all direction, he gives all insight, he's the nerve center of everything, right? If we're feeling something, if we need to interpret that feeling through the head, right? We need to, we need to let the gospel, we need to let the work, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus be um, those glasses that we put on that filter everything through, those headphones we put in, to, that we everything we listen to needs to go through him because anything else has no ruler authority. Nothing else has any ruler authority. Any human philosophy, human tradition, any of those other spiritual spiritualities, they are not preeminent. They are not the fullness of God. They, they are um, some kind of counterfeit truth, mm. ultimately. There might be some minuscule things within them or some parts where we say that there's true things about them, but their foundation is false. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's just so good. And, and um, you mentioned it earlier, um, but as you wrap this up, it says that we're complete in him who's Christ, who is the head. But then it says, of all principality and power, and again, just to remind us that this is alluding to um, the spiritual realm. Yes. Right? These are angelic realms. Not not just talking about right. the kings and rulers of this earth, right. but of the heavenly realm. Right. And, yes. And, and that doesn't mean that those heavenly realms aren't having authority or right. influence on our rulers and authorities. They do. But we recognize that there are, are these... Um, Elemental spirits of the world behind those rules and rulers and authorities, and and as we'll see next week, Jesus has defeated them. Mm. Right? Um, he, as he says earlier, he's preeminent over all of them, and we'll see how the work of the cross not only reconciles us to God, but also establishes how 
he is um, Lord of all. And so, so next week we'll get into that. Uh, we'll also get into a little bit of how this relate, all this, why he brings up baptism and circumcision and how that, that relates to that. And then uh, the other thing I want to look at next week a little bit is this whole idea of triumphing over them. I was doing a little bit of reading about that, this uh, inspired a little bit by Pastor Wynan's Easter message. Uh, if 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 you're listening to this podcast sometime in the future, and go back and, and listen to his Easter message this past, uh, which we just heard, he talks about the Perugia, and he talks about this Roman idea of of, of going out and greeting, you know, the, the the dignitaries and so forth, and sometimes that would even in, include after a war, right? Too, and mm. and I think there there's something called the triumphal procession, or that 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 was done after a victory was won, where this ceremony that was in Greek and Roman times, where they that would accomplish all this, that's related to verse fifteen. Um, this the, in next week. So, um, mm, so uh, yeah, wow. look forward to talking about that because you I know, think it all relates. It does. Um, so, <laughs> I'll just mention this. So I, I decided to look up um, some popular verses in Colossians because there's a lot yeah. of cool. So I said, most popular verses in Colossians, it basically listed almost every verse because <laughs> it's so rich with it one-liners is. almost, you know, it's it just got so yeah. many great things. So yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're interested in doing some, Bible memorization, grab a few out of this book. Yeah, and some people say that it's kind of like a sister letter to the book of Ephesians. Sure. They were passed around together, and there's so much. Now, Ephesians is longer. It's almost a, a little more condensed version of Ephesians in some ways, And there's but there's a lot of similar verses and, and phrases within the two Well, when you were talking too. about in, in him or in Christ, <laughs> I mean, Ephesians says about 75 <laughs> times right. in the first chapter. It does. And this whole notion of rulers and powers, authorities, I mean, these two letters, Ephesians and Colossians, use, the, use those in conjunction with each other more than than any other of Paul's writings. So, wow. yeah. So anyway, come back next week as, as we... Uh, as we finish up um, that section, maybe we'll even get in a little bit into the rest of chapter two because because it does um, the elemental spirits come up again in in verse twenty, and the worship of angels are being talked about in verse eighteen, and it's just crazy stuff. So um, wow. so we'll see if we only get through verse fifteen or if we can finish <laughs> the chapter next week. So <laughs> thanks Sounds for joining good. us. All right, have a good day, everybody. look forward to you joining us next time as we see what Christ accomplished at the cross. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.